Chai there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Allie. Hey, Julia. You're my dairy best friend. Body. <laughs> <laughs> sugar uh, i know that we're a week late but i'd like to celebrate national plant milk day from august 22nd by talking about some dairy-free options that and even how you can make them at home Ooh. but before we get into that Allie, how you brewing I, i'm brewing pretty good uh, we went over all of the stressful, chaotic parts of life last time, so now I have some good things that have happened in the past okay. month since we recorded. Good. Let's let's hear some good things. Uh, in no particular order, Walmart had a light green, like almost a light olive green nail polish, which is a color I've been looking for for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I got excited and I picked it up and it's Sinful Colors, which is a nice brand. And it was Ooh. only $1.92 for the little bottle. Nice. And I turn it around, and it's a matcha-flavored nail polish. Flavored? Fla well, like, they added <laughs> essential oil to it to make it smell like matcha. So, yeah, kind of flavored. Would it be scented? <laughs> nope. Flavored. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor is your nail polish? Matcha. <laughs> Green. Um, so that's interesting. I actually, I just picked it off because I'm going to do a fresh coat. But after I, I smelled the bottle because I was like, it smells like matcha. And then, of course, the bottle just smelled like nail polish. But... I put it on my nail, and once it dried, it actually kind of smelled like matcha. Nice. Just kind of cool. I liked it. Um, I also have something that I don't remember if I shared with you or not. I don't know if you saw it, but a friend of ours sent me a TikTok about if you can make coffee from coffee beans, and all it is is roasting them and grinding them up, can you not make a hot drink from pinto beans or black beans or any other type of bean that you can buy uncooked and then roast and then grind up hmm, that's a good question so, i think we might need to try that at some point um i also have tried some new drinks that were specifically tea drinks but only because it just happened to work out that way what would you try i uh aldi had a watermelon strawberry mint black tea that tasted like it's well okay it smelled like the watermelon twist trident gum oh okay and then it there's one oh yeah was, i it smelled it like, it did smell like that yeah but then when i made it when you make the tea and smell the tea you smell more strawberry mm -hmm. and then when you drink the tea you taste the mint so it was an interesting roller coaster of the flavors but they covered all their bases so i guess that's good <laughs> um and then i posted on our instagram actually the other day which would be july 21st i think it's going to be when the post is. But I was at Starbucks editing an upcoming, or no, doing the notes for the last episode we just did. And I asked them for whatever their favorite tea drink was. And they gave me an iced black tea with brown sugar and oat milk. And it was really good. So I have been making a homemade version of that with soy milk and brown sugar since then. Hmm. That sounds really good. Yeah. So lots of little tea things. I went to Starbucks today and I asked them to make me their favorite hot coffee because I was feeling extra indecisive. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a caramel macchiato with no vanilla 
which normally when you make a caramel macchiato, you start with vanilla. Right. Um, so no vanilla, extra caramel syrup. No. Yeah. Extra caramel drizzle, sub caramel syrup, Ooh. and blonde roast. And it was fantastic. Interesting. I don't which even is- like caramel. Yeah, I was going to say, it's surprising because you don't really like caramel. So I'm impressed that they made a caramel drink with like lots of caramel that you ended up liking. By the time I got to the bottom, it was very traditional burnt sugar caramel taste. Mm-hmm. And I didn't drink that. I gave that to Mike and he he knocked it back. But okay, the rest of the drink I really enjoyed. Nice. Well, uh, other than your new Starbucks escapades, <laughs> well, how else are you brewing? Uh, well, I have uh, some extra stuff to catch you up on that I didn't cover last time. Oh, boy. Uh, so it was recently me and Mike's two-year anniversary. Yay! Yeah, it was it was a good time, but our anniversary fell on a Tuesday. Fun. So uh, <laughs> that Tuesday, I got home from work. I went to the store and got all the ingredients I needed for a garlic lemon shrimp pasta which turned out to be delicious. It was only like 300 and some calories, which was really cool for a pasta. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, And then uh, I changed out of my fancy attire into super duper comfy clothes Mm -hmm. and told him to do the same. And he was like, where are we going? I was like, just, just go do that. And I popped some popcorn without him knowing, which was cool. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I don't know how he managed to miss that, but I had him distracted long enough uh, to where I could pop the popcorn. And then I said, go pick a movie. And he was so confused. Mm -hmm. Well, we went down to our clubhouse and they have this little movie room. So I packed an entire six pack of White Claws, two bags of popcorn and uh, super duper comfy clothes plus the movie of his choice. And we actually ended up watching The Princess Bride. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our anniversary date on our actual anniversary. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I'm proud After, of you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> After that, it got a little dicey. Oh, boy. <laughs> so on Saturday, we went out to dinner to officially celebrate our anniversary when we had time. Mm-hmm. And we went out to Hibachi. This was also the night that we were supposed to start D&D for the first night in our new campaign. Mm. So we were running late because they had a 45-minute wait and I couldn't make a reservation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we got in late. Uh, We pull up and Mike comes to me and he goes, I can't believe I just did this. I said, (laughs) what? He said, my car, my keys are in the car and in the ignition and it's running. I was (laughs) like, what? (laughs) So half of our D&D session was Mike knocking back several drinks after his little accident with his car <laughs> and a night of D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then Sunday, we went to do brunch at our favorite restaurant and all of the staff was really grumpy and the food was just okay. Mm. And the entire experience was less than half an hour. Oh. So, our Tuesday night was really good. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And then, um, Sunday, nope, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. 
before brunch, so Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, I went up to Wilmington to meet another one of my friends halfway for her dress shopping for her wedding. Mm-hmm. So wedding number two that I'm in for this year. <laughs> more uh, so weddings. More weddings. So drove up to Wilmington, stopped in Myrtle Beach to pee, you know, the usual. As you uh, got up to Wilmington. We started the morning by trying on dresses for the bridesmaids. Oh. So she wanted to get that out of the way so that she could pick her colors. Um, mm-hmm. Originally, she was dead set on blush and blush tones for all mm-hmm. three of us. <clears throat> and then she ended up choosing a wine burgundy color for me, mm-hmm. a blush for one of the other bridesmaids, and a navy for her maid of honor and her sister. Mm-hmm. I do like me a good navy. Yes, it was very pretty. It's a nice dress. And then we did the dress shopping and she looks beautiful. I'm very excited to actually see her walk down the grass because they're eloping <laughs> in Savannah and it's going to be really cute. Mm-hmm. Small, intimate, wonderful. Yeah, it'll be nice. Mm-hmm. And then before I hit the road to drive all the way home, you know, four hours, mm-hmm. we stopped at a little coffee shop that was right there near the bridal shop. Uh-huh. It was called Drift, and okay. it is an Australian coffee shop, Ooh. and it is the best coffee I have ever had Ooh, from boy. a coffee shop. I'm sorry, Charleston Tea Exchange. Um, they, they outdid you. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so you walk in. And there's hanging plants and big plants. And then there's these little reading nooks and a cozy couch. And it's extremely, like, minimalistic, clean whites. Beautiful, right? My perfect aesthetic? Yes. You would absolutely die walking into this place. You would love it. We got to go. So they – I was talking with uh, the barista. His name was Trey. And he was telling me all about how – uh, the difference between their coffee and other coffees is that they're extremely precise about the way the coffee's ground, the way they steam their milk. Um, and they had all kinds of unique uh, types of coffees that I've never heard of. There was a type of espresso drink called Magic that he explained to me, and I should have written because I can't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> it was just something specific. Hmm. And... I told him to give me something weird. So he gave me one of his summer specials. And it is an espresso tonic. So it's espresso and tonic water. Uh Uh-huh. With orange syrup mixed in. Interesting. You you sip on it and you immediately get the the fizz uh, spiciness of tonic water plus Mm -hmm. the zing of orange and it was just unreal i i really liked it immediately like i was Mm. like wow this is interesting so i finished about half of it by the time i got halfway through it i didn't love it it wasn't Mm. a drink that i could finish but i enjoyed that initial reaction of how interesting it was yeah so that's cool it was it was a really cool experience so i i knew i had a long drive ahead of me so i was like you know what i'm gonna get a coffee to go so Mm. I was like, oh, can you uh, can you do a flat white uh, uh, medium? And he goes, 
well, it's it's funny that you mentioned medium because they don't actually come in medium. They only come in this eight ounce. And the reason is because of the way it's brewed. And it's called a flat white because it has that really flat line of foam at the top. So it's like only like half and half. And it's it was brewed a very specific way. Hmm. And it has nothing to do with ristretto shots or a dot in the middle. So that's another thing Starbucks just invented, like the caramel macchiato. <laughs> As they do. So it turns out my favorite drink from Starbucks is a sham. <laughs> I mean, it's delicious. It's its own drink, but it's not a flat white. So yeah. I am disappointed to say that my favorite coffee I've ever had was in Wilmington. It was the best flat white ever. I didn't add any sugar. I didn't mm-hmm. add any extra milk. He made it with almond milk for me, and it was incredible. Oof. And it's four hours away, so <laughs> I well, can't ever go back up there without being in the area. Uh-huh. Time for a road trip. <laughs> um, but it is really, really cute. Uh, it was if you're in the Wilmington area, please go check it out. Um, but you can visit their website at driftcoffee.kitchen slash pages. I see the rest of this. Ah, slash Mayfair. So driftcoffee.kitchen slash pages slash Mayfair. Uh, and check out all of their cool coffees. Uh, they have really, really good food. Mm-hmm. I had a apple and goat cheese with caramelized onions on, I can't remember what kind of bread it was. I think it was called Waywash bread. Huh. A bread that I've never heard of. Or wash. It's uh, caramelized onion, apples, and goat cheese on or washer's toast. Oh. It was called the apple and goat cheese toasty. Please try toasty. it. I could eat it every day for lunch. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And yes. I need to go to Wilmington now, please. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Trey, for all your Im- amazing information. I have been dreaming about this place ever since I left. And I'm very upset that I'm not going to be in the area anytime soon. We'll just have to make that happen. There are two of them in the area, uh, close, uh, fairly close to each other. So go check them out. Tell them Cream and Sugar sent you and that Trey's the best. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Trey and crew. Okay. Uh, that is my How You Brewing. Perfect. Sorry, that took a minute. No, are you kidding me? Do you remember how long my How You Brewing was in the last episode? Oh, good point. <laughs> oh, and I got a sticker. I got a sticker and I bought this one because it was unique and I haven't seen any other stickers like it. And it uh-huh. is now going to go onto my laptop. Ooh. Oh, I love it. Uh, I will be posting it on our Instagram. It is a little to-go coffee cup uh, with a sailboat and it's in pastel green, navy, and white. And mm-hmm. it's the cutest little thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to put this? I don't know. It's going to go on the front somewhere. So trust me when I said I put it there. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I've been brewing. 
That's awesome. I did not. I you'd mentioned before that you found a coffee shop that you really like the coffee, but I didn't expect it to be like the coffee shop aesthetic and also the coffee and also the food and also a very cute sticker. If I lived right there, I would be beyond broke. <laughs> oh, and the reason we even went there was because our stylist for her dress shopping told us that he stops there every day. Oh. So, thank you, Michael, for uh, at David's Bridal for telling us to recommend for that. <laughs> thank you, Michael, to get for getting Julia to Trey, and thank you, Trey, for getting food and good coffee and opening a whole new world of coffee, which I might have to do an entire series on Australian coffee. Mm -hmm. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so you ready to get into our quick fire question? Yeah. All right, I have a new quick fire question for us. Oh boy. Two in a row. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite dairy alternative and why? You know, I actually, I only recently really started using dairy alternatives. Because mm -hmm. for a long time, as you know, I used just heavy whipping cream, which is yes. like the most dairy you could potentially get mm -hmm. for uh, coffee add additions um but recently i have been using nothing but vanilla soy milk because i like the vanilla flavor that gets added mm -hmm. um and previously i had tried almond milk but i don't like the fatty kind of flavor that comes with almond milk so i okay. tried soy milk instead and it's real good i i like it a lot good it's very tasty yeah how about you? My favorite right now is almond milk. I I really enjoy the taste of almond milk, uh, almond milk, especially the sweetened one, because mm -hmm. to me, that's what milk should taste like, because <laughs> I don't like the taste of real milk. And when yeah. I taste almond milk, I'm like, ah, oh, milk. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's It's really strange. But after today's episode, I might be searching for a new one. Oh? Yeah, I feel a little guilty. Oh, boy. <laughs> so how about we just jump into it? You ready to learn about some milk alternatives? Yes, please. All right. I, I want to know about the almond milk guilt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you know what plant milk is on this plant milk day? Is it is it like the general term to refer to a milky kind of product that comes from a plant? Yeah, that's it. It's it's yes. quite literally what it sounds like. It's milk that has come from a plant. Awesome. It's Let me just a... pat myself on the back. Right <laughs> <laughs> it's a type of milk extract created from mashing and juicing plants. Awesome. And you've probably heard of some of the top three, like almond milk, coconut milk, and soy milk. But did you know that there's around 20 different types of plant milks commonly manu manufactured? No. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I was able to find 17 uh, online. So I'd love to know what the others are. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, is that you can literally make it out of anything you can imagine. So can you make dandelion like, milk? Probably. Ooh. Um. However, you were saying that the the sap from dandelions tends to be toxic, doesn't it? 
it, it's not necessarily toxic so much as it's just bitter. Right. So yeah, theoretically, you could make it out of just about any plant. Hmm. Uh, but maybe some are better than others. Uh, <laughs> maybe you could make it out of any plant. It just necessarily wouldn't taste good. <laughs> right. Uh, these milks aren't just made from nuts. They can also be made from all kinds of grains, seeds, and even fruit. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I was going to cover that one. I'll end up listing it later mm-hmm. be- simply because I, it was so new that I wasn't able to find a lot of information on it. Hmm. Okay. So there is going to be a lot of discrepancies, uh, within my information, uh, so just be prepared for that because plant milks are not as new as you would think, but they are less researched. Okay. Um, even the term milk is kind of tossed around with caution because mm-hmm. not everyone considers plant milks to be a milk. Uh, yeah. but according to the Smithsonian Magazine, Linguistically speaking, using milk uh, to refer to the white juices of certain plants, um, which is the second definition in the Oxford Dictionary, has history that dates back centuries. Uh, The Latin root for lettuce is lac, as in lactate, Uh or it's uh, milky juice. Which indicates that even the Romans had a fluid definition, haha, <laughs> fluid, yeah. for milk. Huh. And according to ift.org, the word milk has been used around 12,000 AD to refer to plant juices. Hmm. <laughs> I'll be right back. I got to go milk my lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that surprising because you have plants like milkweed, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the primary diet for monarch butterflies and when you cut it it literally secretes a white liquid so hmm. it's not such a stretch that plants would be white yeah that they would create a white liquid yeah so that alone was surprising me uh, i really thought plant milks were a 2000s and on kind of thing because i never really heard of them growing yeah. up because you know we grew up with two percent milk Mm-hmm. That's just what we did. But now that we know uh, that there are milks, I'm going to go through some of them. Uh, six to be specific. Awesome. I'm going to start with some common ones. Uh, we're going to go through the history of each milk and then some health benefits and downsides and some environmental stuff. Ooh. So a little sprinkling of... What you need to know about your milk. Yeah. How to appropriately pick your milk. Choose your milk. Choose your milk. All right. So we're going to start with my favorite, which is almond milk. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just dive right into that because it's this one has some of the longest history research wise. Um, there's a lot to it. Oh, boy. So almond milk gained its popularity uh, within the past several decades, mostly due to its light, creamy texture, and it makes really good uh, foamy lattes. Mm. So baristas and regular consumers alike have gone straight to that, mostly for its texture and flavor alone. Mm. 
The neutral taste lends itself well to sweet and savory applications, and it's uh, delicious straight from the carton. We won't judge you. <laughs> or the glass. I uh, may or may not have had my soy milk straight from the carton, like, literally last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a from the carton kind of person. I find that the dry bits around the edge are enough to freak me out, so I don't do it. See, I'm like, soy milk doesn't yeah. do that as much. Yeah, I always thought my milk was spoiled growing up because I would sniff it to see if it was okay. And it'd be, I'd be like, ew, this smells awful. And mm. I was smelling little crusty bits around the ring. Mm. Hated that stuff. Gross. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. You want to dive into the history? Yes. Tell me where almond milk came from other All than right. like Walmart in 2002. Would you like to take a guess on where almond milk originated? Ah. Uh... Well, probably given that you mentioned Romans in Italy, and then also I just associate all weird foods with the Mediterranean, I'm probably going to say like Greece or somewhere around the Mediterranean Sea. It's not a bad guess. It's definitely, you're, dan you're dancing around the right area, mm -hmm. um, but how much do you know about almonds? Not much. All right. <laughs> uh, where uh, almonds are grown is going to be your biggest hint. Okay. Um, they are really popular in the Middle East. Hmm. Okay. Uh, almonds are native to the Middle East, India, and North Africa, and have been a firm staple in local cuisines for centuries. Interesting. It was brought to Southern Europe more than a thousand years ago, though, and recently to California in the 19th century. <gasps> you know what it was? What? My brain closely associated the word almond with olive. Ah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> totally <laughs> the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I remove my pat on the back. No, 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 no. You get to keep one of those shoulders. Okay, cool. Uh, it is a common ingredient in Christian and Islamic cultures in the Middle Ages. Uh, it was a beverage or food ingredient and also therapeutical um, because it was easier to digest than cow's milk. True. That one I can confirm. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's part of the reason why I switched to it, because my poor tummy can't handle it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> the first mentions come from the 13th century, when it was mm -hmm. featured in Baghdadi cookbooks. And Ooh. the 14th century Egyptian cookbooks that describe extensive use of almonds and almond milk. Hmm. So Egyptians used it too. Yeah, that's milk. Cool. Milk like an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> and then England wasn't too far behind. Uh, that was first mentioned in 1390. Hmm. And then during the Middle Ages, it was widely used in Europe during Lent as a dairy replacement and also for children because, again, it was easier to digest. Yeah. Um, I wonder, too, if almonds were easier to get your hands on than to maintain an entire cow. That is a good question and probably true. Mm -hmm. um, I'll We'll revisit that in a minute when we get to some of the environmental factors. Okay. Some traditional Islamic recipes use almond milk as an ingredient for beverages served during, during Ramadan. Uh, in 1840, almond milk appeared as a common ingredient in a book describing Indian foods, beverages, and their medicinal use. 
However, India's use of milk is likely to cover a much wider span of history. Um, so not just starting in 1840, but much further back, um, they didn't have as much information on Indian almond milk, though. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, also, this information is a collaboration from switchforgood.org, uh, where they're promoting switching for plant products uh-huh. uh, for both environmental and health reasons, uh, along with WebMD, which, take with a grain of salt, you probably don't have cancer. Check with your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Did almond milk cure my cancer? <laughs> we'll get back to that. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh veganfoodliving.com. So, um there are a bunch of other reasons to be switching to plant milks other than it's tasty and you might be lactose intolerant, so mm-hmm. we will get into that, but uh these yeah. are mostly from those websites. Cool. In the 19 and early 20th centuries, uh, we saw almonds' popularity soar in the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. in cooking and for almond milk. It was driven particularly by Seventh-day Adventists who were traditionally vegetarian or vegan, and they promoted almonds and other nuts as replacements for milk, uh, cream, and meat in many dishes. Oh, just all of it, all at mm-hmm. once. Uh Acknowledged by health food proponents, almond milk gained its popularity on both sides of the Atlantic. In 2013, the sales of almond milks even eclipsed soya milk in the USA. So soy milk was pretty popular by then. And then almond milk milk went right past it. (laughs) Almond milk. Hello. (laughs) So we are going to go by... um, switchforgood.org that was the one okay. I said right so according to some websites almond milk is good for the environment and the reason I say some websites is because it's kind of a touchy subject so we'll start by talking about the good things and then maybe backtrack and talk about why they aren't so good okay uh, so it's true that almond milk tends to be the most water dependent of plant milks Uh, But in Mm. comparison to the gross inefficiency of dairy, almond milk is still the superior choice. So compared to cow's milk. Yeah. Uh, It takes just over a thousand gallons of water to produce one gallon of cow's milk, while it takes 920 gallons of water to produce one gallon of almond milk. And this doesn't sound like a huge difference, but take into account that almonds aren't gassy animals that excrete methane and waste into our environment. I was going to ask if almonds fart methane. (laughs) I read that. I was like, I got to add this. Uh (laughs) Um, The waste from a 2,500 herd of dairy cows is equivalent to the waste of the city of Minneapolis. Ew. Interesting. Yes. Um, So with all of these really good facts, there are some drawbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is going to be the same for most of the milks we talk about today. Hmm. According to ediblebrooklyn.com, the real problem is that these thirsty nuts are being grown in California, where there's serious drought conditions and an ongoing issue. A recent study calculated (laughs) that... What? (laughs) 
who, who came up with the idea to take the nuts that need a lot of water and put them in the driest state in the country? Unfortunately, who did that? They grow really well there. Well, not if there's no water. <laughs> so, unfortunately, almonds require a lot of water, and that's an issue right now in the western United States who is going through periods of droughts and wildfires and uh, it's it's not exactly environmentally responsible to do that Mm -hmm. put it in Washington they get a lot of rain (laughs) (laughs) Um, a recent study calculated that the total water footprint for one California almond averages 3.2 gallons of water Hmm. and you could argue that almonds are worth the resource because they're so nutrient dense uh, but the process of turning the nuts into milk eliminates most of the nutrients, uh, which all of that precious water just went into growing. Oh. Uh, there are also so few almonds in each carton, you'd get very few nutrients if they were kept intact. How many nutrients are there in a or nutrients? How many almonds are there in a carton of almond milk? I'm not sure. Um, and part of the reason I'm not sure is that most milks that you're going to be getting from the store are fortified. And that means that we're adding those nutrients back in later. Okay. So when it turns into milk, you're leaving all of the good stuff behind and they're later going in and adding it artificially back in. Hmm. So with that in mind, yes, it's bad, but you can't really think about that because they're adding the nutrients back in. So it's not that you're not getting the nutrients. It's that you're just wasting a lot more than you should be. Mm -hmm. So while you're not creating CO2, you are creating a large waste behind you. Gotcha. After it's been fortified, there are some health benefits though. Hmm. Such as? Rich in magnesium. Ooh, those big bucks in magnesium. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this mineral is one of the four most common minerals in your body, and it's necessary for more than 300 important enzyme reactions. Hmm. Uh, magnesium is particularly important for controlling blood sugar levels uh, and using energy in the body. I need more almond milk. <laughs> <laughs> and compared to animal milk, unsweet almond milk is low in sugars and carbohydrates. It has 50% to 80% fewer calories than dairy milk while the remaining while remaining similarly rich in flavor which is part of the reason i like it is because Mm -hmm. i'm on a low calorie diet and it still tastes good yeah it's considered a low glycemic index food as a result uh this means that it's less likely to cause blood sugar spikes so this is a a milk that's pretty good for diabetics yeah that's cool Mm mm-hmm Most commercial brands of almond milk are fortified with calcium. Uh, Bone health is deeply tied to calcium because the mineral makes up the hard structures of bones. Getting Mm -hmm. enough calcium keeps your bones strong and it can actually help fight osteoporosis. I have osteoporosis. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of health experts, however, are saying that you don't need as much calcium as they're shoving back in this bottle, though. So mm. that is another two-headed, two-sided coin. Is there such thing as too much calcium? 
there's probably there's such thing as too much of anything i don't know what kind of effects it would have i've been drinking almond milk for a very long time now and i don't see any negative health effects Mm -hmm. uh for me personally i'm not a doctor Mm -hmm. though are you sure you're not just a walking bone and nothing else Mm, maybe (laughs) it's where all these gains are coming from (laughs) (laughs) i was flexing my muscles Mm -hmm. just to be clear Almond milk is also full in vitamin E, which is an antioxidant known to help your brain. My brain. Yeah. Studies have shown links uh, between getting enough vitamin E and lowering the risk of cognitive diseases such as Alzheimer's. Oh. It's also been shown to slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease in serious cases. And I don't know if they're referencing almond milk or vitamin E in general. So I would not make someone that has alzheimer's chug almond milk to try to cure them that is not exactly what i was picturing yeah nope not where i'm going with this (laughs) but maybe look into some vitamin deficiencies Hmm. antioxidants are important for reducing damage of free radicals uh these molecules are the cause cause damage to nearby cells which eventually lead to everything from aging symptoms and cancer so almond milk nutrients and antioxidants can help fight or help manage your free radicals more effectively. Almond milk cured my cancer. <laughs> almond milk cured cancer. <laughs> <laughs> almond milk. Oh, if you made dandelion root tea with almond milk, you're golden. <laughs> uh, so your takeaway from that is that almond milk is a little bit on the touchy side right now i think it could be more ethically sourced it takes Mm -hmm. up a lot of room uh to grow it takes up a lot of water so while you're not as bad as cows i think we can do better i think the moral of the story is somebody needs to go literally uproot the almond milk industry (laughs) and move it (laughs) and move it somewhere else yes Uh try again I want you to know that was an accidental Spongebob reference. That was a Spongebob reference? That's two episodes in a row. Yeah, there's an episode where Patrick has to, Patrick goes, let's take Bikini Bottom and push it somewhere else. And they literally push Bikini Bottom (laughs) out of the way. And then it gets flattened by a giant worm. Yes, so that's what you need to do with the almond milk industry, or at least the farms. All right, we're going to move on to our next milk. <laughs> coconut milk. Coconut milk. Honestly, coconut milk is probably my least favorite of the milk alternatives I've tried. I would agree, and there's a reason for it. I mean, my reason is it tastes like coconutty water. But and that's the main reason. I will get to that. Okay. So <laughs> All right, have you read into this one? Nope, okay. I've read nothing. Would you like to take oh. a guess where coconut milk, uh, well, coconuts originated? Hawaii. No. Anywhere in the Pacific. Not quite. Oh. Uh, Choose a different ocean. Atlantic. Nope. Indian. Yeah. There's only what? so many. <laughs> Good job. First try. Wow. First try. Woo woo. 
So coconuts originally came from India and Southeast Asia, but because they float, they were carried to coastlines all over the Pacific and successfully made their homes in subtropical places that they otherwise wouldn't be able to find. I love that. Like Hawaii. <laughs> I love the little floating coconut. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they literally floated to some better island. Yeah. People further contributed to the spread across the Atlantic, and now coconut palms grow virtually anywhere subtropical coastal zones around the world. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So if it's hot and humid, coconuts can grow there now. I like to visualize that um, coconuts practice the same kind of imperialism that Europe did, where it's literally just get in some water, go across the water. This land is your home now. <laughs> <laughs> coconuts are the original colonizers. Yep. <laughs> so i want to pause here and we're going to talk about the difference between coconut milk and coconut cream uh because okay. they are two very different things Ooh. so coconut milk is the liquid that comes from grated coconut meat uh, and it can be thick and creamy or thinner and milk-like so for okay. smoothies and coffee drinks and cereal and such, uh, you would want to get the carton of coconut milk. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting something that's good for like baking and curries and soups and sauces, things that are going to be thicker, you're going to mm -hmm. want to get uh, coconut cream, which is super thick and almost spoonable. And it has a very bold coconut taste. So... The flavor that you're expecting from coconut milk is actually in coconut cream. And what you're getting from coconut milk is mostly water. So I should definitely go try coconut cream in a summer coffee drink then. I would want to taste it. I don't know how well it's going to dissolve, though. We'll see. And there's also cream of coconut, which is another different thing. And you put that in mixed drinks. Sounds like a fantastic soup from Campbell's. But I have had curries with coconut, and it's probably one of my favorites. Mm. That's my favorite kind of curry. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for milk, don't grab the can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been one of the main ingredients in Southeast Asia, South Asia, and the Caribbean, and Northern and Southern America for centuries and even millennia in some places such as India. Hmm. So... While we couldn't find their almond milk history, we do know that they have a huge history with coconut milk. Yeah. Huh. It's the main ingredient in many traditional beverages and dishes and is sometimes used for ceremonial offerings. Uh, of all the plant milks, coconut has the longest tradition, tradition of use. And in many countries where it's a staple, people won't simply consume cow's milk. So coconut milk is the milk. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for India that they don't consume cow milk. Yeah, yeah, I would I would guess not. Yeah. Which is really funny because my coworker loves milk. Is your coworker from India? Yes. She is. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, was gonna, I wasn't sure which coworker you were talking about. She's also about, very religious, so she's vegetarian, hmm. but not vegan. Interesting. I need to have more conversations with her. She's very interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, researchers haven't studied coconut milk and cream as extensively as other coconut products, such as coconut oil, 
So eating it likely has some health benefits. Okay. It's just not as uh, widely studied and known. Hmm. So I'll go over some of the health benefits that are potential, um, Mm -hmm. but take them with a grain of salt and definitely consult your doctor instead of going straight to that. Um, coconut milk could improve your cholesterol levels. In one study, people who consumed coconut milk lowered their LDL, or bad cholesterol, while their HDL, or good cholesterol, increased. Healthy cholesterol levels are important for heart health. My almond milk cured my cancer and my coconut milk cured my heart. (laughs) Coconut milk and creams are sources of healthy fats, called medium chain triglycerides or mcts Mm -hmm. and several studies have found that consuming mcts promotes weight loss by decreasing appetite and increasing energy Hmm. so coconut could help you with appetite cravings which is cool yeah so here are some downsides oh good they always have to show up at some point uh coconut and milk Coconut milk and cream are both uh, relatively high in calories and fat, though, so it will not be my new go-to milk because it's especially high in saturated fat, which is Mm. the bad fat, Yep, as my mom put it. (laughs) Bad fat. Bad fat. Although healthy when consumed in moderation, people are concerned about eating too many calories or too much saturated fat. Um, should definitely limit how much coconut milk they consume. Hmm. And some brands of coconut milk and cream are packaged in aluminum cans lined with bisphenol A or BPA. Ah, okay. Yeah, BPAs. Uh, things that we're, we really shouldn't be consuming. Uh, yep. Studies have shown that BPAs might negatively affect thyroid function. Consume BT, B, BTA, BPA. Um, one thing that you can do, though, is look for organic coconut milk because they will, or BPA-free containers, um, they do have to be BPA certified uh, to list that. So if you're concerned about uh, ingesting too many of those, look in the organic section. And if you're not super worried about calories and say you're you're in a gain and not a cut for muscle gaining, uh, coconut milk might be a good way to get some fats. Hmm. So let's move on to your favorite soya milk. Yes. So is is soya milk and soy milk the same thing? That is a very good question. Soy is just the U.S. pronunciation. Okay. So... They are soybeans, but other countries call them soya. Uh, Known in the U.S., this is by independent.co.uk. Known in the U.S. as uh, soy, soya beans are legumes found in tofu, miso, edamame, tempeh, and of course, soya milk. Soya Mm -hmm. is used to bulk out many processed foods such as burgers sausages and lasagna specifically uh, allowing manufacturers to claim high protein contents Hmm. because they are extremely high in in soy (laughs) and protein okay (laughs) that special protein you only find in soy milk soy teen 
All right. Take a guess on where soybeans came from. Uh, Eastern Asia. Yes. Yeah. You're correct. Only because tofu. Would you like to take a guess on which country? Probably China. That is correct. Yeah. Very good. It's either you've China or Japan. You've re-earned your, your pat on the back. Yes. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Soybeans uh, came from China, but thanks to their high nutritional value and relatively easy cultivation, they have been grown in the Americas and Europe since the 19th century. Fun yes. fact, next door to my house is a soybean field. Oh. And I would go and eat them. Nice. Just for funsies. They didn't taste very good. I just wanted to chew on them. Yeah. Did they ever catch you? And Did you get in trouble? No, no, no. It's a government property. Um, so the way that works is like the government will say, hey, we want to buy some of your land to plant crops and they'll mm -hmm. come and harvest it and you'll get money from it. Oh, but this okay. will be our property. And they're like, OK, so you claim that property with tax benefits. Oh, nice. So next door uh, was a giant field that they would rotate corn soybeans and regular grass during their oh. off season nice uh soya milk is made from european soya beans uh and is usually non-genetically modified hmm. usually usually in europe at least okay the u.s is a little bit of a different story u.s gets wacky uh from this point on i'm going to reference them as soybeans just for ease uh, okay. Because I, an American, don't usually say soya. Yeah, you said it. You said it like a natural. Thank you. I've been uh, typing it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the earliest mention of soy milk are written in Chinese texts, dating back to 1365. Oh, okay. And records from the 17th century describe its traditional use in a Chinese cooking book. Hmm. In 1866. Soy milk was first discussed as a drink by Frenchman Paul Champagne, I think is how you would say champion, Champagne. Yeah, probably. Uh, who wrote about the Chinese taking their cups to tofu shops to get hot soy milk, which they drank for breakfast. Huh. The term soybean milk first appeared in the U.S. as a publication in 1897, which featured a table comparing the nutritional qualities of soy to cow's milk. Yeah. And the revolution started! Hey. <laughs> in 1910, the first soy dairy factory was set up in Paris by Li Yu Ying, a Chinese biologist and engineer. Hmm. He applied for he applied for and was granted the world's first soy milk patent titled Vegetable Milk and Its Derivatives. Hmm. In 1920s, soy milk factories cropped up in the U.S. and China, and soy milk production increased dramatically. <laughs> and in the U.S., when you can't have alcohol, drink soy milk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh-huh. An American entrepreneur, Bob Rich, developed the idea of soy milk further and in 1945 launched a soy-based whip topping. A lawsuit by the dairy industry follow followed swiftly 
a court accusing Rich of making an imitation dairy product, which was illegal. And Why? his team argued that it wasn't an imitation, but a replacement and won the case. Oh, <laughs> he said, I'm not trying to copy you. I'm trying to be better than you. Yeah, they, they thought he was going to try to scam Americans by saying, try this milk. And they're like, this what? is milk. And then they're like, this isn't milk. And they're like, you're right. It's not milk. It's new milk. And he won. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's the point that it isn't milk. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'd like to point out his full name is Robert Rich. <laughs> He's the original Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Richie Rich and I'm making milk, but I'm going to tell you that it's not milk because it isn't milk. <laughs> Just be clear. Woke up at 1130. I feel like a bag of milk. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> anyway, so here's some benefits of drinking soy milk. Yes, so make I, me feel good about myself. I will. I, I'm going to tell you some good things. Yes, and then I'm going to tell you some bad things. Nope, we don't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> it so, is only so, good. <laughs> so soy milk is rich in omega three fatty acids, which are healthy fats like avocado fats mm -hmm. uh, that your body cannot form on its own. Omega three fatty acids are linked to. Uh, reducing risk of dementia and alzheimer's which is ironic for how horrible my memory is <laughs> just just keep drinking it keep drinking more, more soy more soy <laughs> more soy <laughs> so it waddles up yes <laughs> what do you want soy <laughs> Uh, soy milk is still being studied for its effect on these diseases, but soy in general is the best non-animal source for omega-3 fatty acids. So yes. maybe you just need more soy and not soy milk. Maybe. Maybe you just need still to working eat on that. tofu. And oh, beans. we had tofu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mm -hmm. That was very good. Good. Soy milk can also support your cardiovascular system. Soy milk is an excellent source of potassium, uh, whether or not it has been fortified. Good. Potassium is deeply connected to maintaining lower bl blood pressure and a regular pulse. Furthermore, soy milk has been linked to lower cholesterol levels, especially in people who have high cholesterol. That's good. I have it, a family history of that, so. <laughs> well, you just keep drinking that soy milk then. Yep. <laughs> or get more potassium. Keep eating those bananas. Bananas and soy milk. Mm -hmm. uh, it also contains isoflavins. I think that's how you say that. Which are a class of chemicals known as phytoestrogens. These isoflavins react to the body like a weak form of estrogen. Because of that, studies have shown consuming soy milk and other soy products might help you reduce symptoms of menopause such as hot flashes oh it's also part of the reason people say that men gain boobs when drinking soy milk it's because of mm. the estrogen clearly <clears throat> you consume one estrogen and your body goes ah, woman <laughs> whether those claims are true i have no idea we're just gonna glance over that mm -hmm. so let's get on to some environmental stuff yes 
soybeans use less than a tenth of the water that almonds do. When those numbers are adjusted to compare based on protein produced rather than by liter, soy milk beats almond by a landslide on both counts. Oh. (laughs) Take that, almond milk. (laughs) (laughs) And since soybeans are legumes, like peanuts, uh, they also fix nitrogen in the soil, which reduces the need for nitrogen fixers. Oh. Like, do they go down with duct tape and a bunch of willpower and they just, like, fix up some little nitrogens that had some leaks? Or Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Soybeans and flex tape. Basically, they're putting nitrogen back into the ground, which is very important for helping plants grow. Ah, okay. It's a, fertil- it's a natural fertilizer. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I do have some negatives for your favorite drink. Okay. It does have an environmental Achilles heel. And that's that the bean requires a lot of land to grow compared to almonds or rice. Mm. Uh, so growing, we're growing so much that, in fact, there are parts of the Amazon that are being destroyed to plant it. So this this plant, unfortunately, is adding to deforestation. Can't you plant it literally anywhere? Well, my like- hometown did a really good job. <laughs> The places to plant soy in Virginia and the Amazon rainforest that should probably be protected. Unfortunately, they are extremely popular. So the rate that we're growing it is insane. Um, Plus in the U.S. especially, the vast majority of soybeans are grown in monocrop systems. And while they might not require much nitrogen fertilizer, they do use phosphorus fertilizer which is connected to runoff that creates dead zones into the ocean. Um, so you're also killing some fish. We don't need them. Unfortunately, we, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs anything but soy. <laughs> and in the U.S., we have a very large corporation called Monsanto who mm. makes Roundup. And uh, they're also a big issue with corn, but that's not today's episode. Um, Soybeans are Roundup ready, which means they've been genetically engineered to withstand heavy doses of herbicide glyphosate, which pollutes Mm -hmm. the ecosystems and is increasingly linked to cancer risks. Uh, So while almonds help cancer, this one does not, uh, especially among farm workers. Mm. So the people growing your soybeans are not doing so hot. Yeah. Uh, However, many of the big companies making soy milk use organic or non-GMO soybeans, and some, like Silk, specifically say that they source from the U.S. and Canada uh, so you don't have to worry about rainforest destruction. So your takeaway, if you want to keep using soy milk, maybe switch to organic and non-GMO so that we're not killing a bunch of trees and the environment. But other than that, it's really good. Um, It does have more calories than almond milk. Mm -hmm. So it has a few more fats and uh, calories. So it's not what I'm looking for, but it does have a lot of benefits that outweigh. Yeah. Hi there. It's editing Julia and Allie. This episode ended up being a little longer than we thought. So we're going to break it up into two parts. But no need to cry over spilled plant milk, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, thank you all for listening so much. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some lesser known plant milks. 
And as always, all of our research sources will be in the episode notes. In the meantime, you can find our previous episodes on webrewgood.podbean.com. That is webrewgood.podbean.com or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at webrewgood. Or you could email us at webrewgood at gmail.com. And uh, you should probably tell the guinea pigs. Anyway, stay, stay brutal. brutal.